Hello, and welcome to our midweek devotion during the season of Advent as we prepare to celebrate the coming of our Savior when he was born on Christmas Eve, and we look forward to his coming again. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What is your best relationship? Are you thinking of a a best friend, somebody who's not in your family, but who you hang out with, who you joke around with? Are you thinking of your parents? Do you have a good relationship with your parents? Is it your spouse? You just enjoy each other's company and you have fun and you do everything together. Maybe it's one of your kids. You just always had an easy time talking with. What is your best relationship? There are some key ingredients to having a good relationship, right? For a relationship to be good, it needs to be safe. When you hang out with your friend, you need to know that you are safe to be yourself, to make mistakes. That if you end up saying something that you don't mean, that they won't hold it against you and that it won't jeopardize your entire relationship with them. You need to have trust. You need to know that this person is who they say they are, that they mean what they say when they speak to you, that they don't have ulterior motives for your relationship with them. And of course, you need to have love. Affirmation, admiration, that by this person's words and actions, they let you know that they have your best interests in mind, that your happiness is a priority to them, and that they clearly care about you. That's what makes a good relationship, right? A different question, what is your most important relationship? The relationship that perhaps defines you, that when all chips are down, this is what the relationship that's going to count the most the relationship that sets your trajectory for the rest of your life. For a lot of us, our most important relationship, at least for the first little bit of our lives, was with our parents, as we lived under their house, under their, under their roof, under their authority and discipline. Then maybe it becomes your teachers, your professors, and then maybe your boss or your superior officers. Your relationship with these people matters a lot. It's really important because they have control over you, they have power over you, they have authority over you. And how much do we suffer when the most important relationships of our lives are not good relationships? When there is no safety with your parents to make mistakes, to be yourself, to fall on your face sometimes. When there's no forgiveness if you come home after curfew. When you can't trust that your boss or your superior officer has your best interest in mind and that they care at at all about what you think or your priorities. When there's no love. When even your spouse seems like they will take you or leave you. That your happiness is not a priority to them and that they give you no affirmation, no admiration 
when the important relationships of our lives are not good, it makes us miserable. This evening, I'm going to be straightforward with you. Our most important relationship in the entire world is with God. Is it good? Can you have a good relationship with God? Because our relationship with God is different than any other relationship that we have. A boss has control over you, has, has power over you, as long as you're in the workplace, right? God has control, he has power over every inch of the entire universe. You have to do what your parents say as long as you live in their house. It's their house, their rules, right? But everything is God's. God created this earth, and we're living on it. So how do we relate with God? To focus on, on this matter, we turn to some words from Isaiah, chapter 63, and going into chapter 64, where Isaiah writes, You, Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from of old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we don't revere you? Return for the sake of your servants and the tribes of your inheritance. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Our relationship with God is different than any other relationship we have because no one is quite like God. No one that you know has the power that God has. No human being has the authority that God has. No one saw that more clearly than the Israelites in Isaiah's day. Because Isaiah pens these verses, a prayer on behalf of his nation, the Israelites, whom he had just witnessed God allow to be carried off into exile. Because of Israel's sin, all the sin that God had endured, he watched them turn away from him and worship false gods instead of him and credit them with doing amazing things for them when it was God all along providing for them, blessing them. God watched them do disgusting things and trample over his will for them and most of them didn't even feel sorry for it. So God does something to wake them up, to punish their sin. He sends them off into exile. The nation of Assyria conquers them and takes them away. He showed his power and his might to make such a decision. Here Isaiah has watched all this happen and he raises his prayer to God and he says, God, please do something. Please save us. We know that you have the power to save us. We've seen you do it before. If only you would tear apart the heavens and step down into our situation. If only you would make the 
the mountains tremble and make your name known to your enemies. If only you would startle them and startle us. Kind of like when you take a branch that's full of thorns and twigs and throw it onto a big fire. And the sparks and the noise startles everybody around the fire. <laughs> like if you're boiling a pot on your stove at home and it starts to boil over and everyone who sees it, right, they can't help but point at that pot and say, look, you're boiling over. If only God you would do something like that, something unexpected, something crazy, something great, and save us, God, Isaiah says. God, we know you can. We know that God has the power, has the authority, has the ability to do exactly what he wants whenever he wants and what he chooses to do is always the right thing because he's God. There are no limits to him, no limits to his power, no limits to his knowledge. But how do we relate to such a God? God who is so good, so powerful, so righteous. That's the problem. Isaiah continues with this. You, God, come to help those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. When we, commit, when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. And like, uh, like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. For you've hidden your face from our sins and given us over to our, and have, you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We're the clay, you're the potter. We are all the work of your hand. How do we relate to the most important person to have a relationship with? Like we said before, God is God. He has authority. He has power unlike anyone else. Your boss has the power to fire you and take away your livelihood, and that's a big deal. What kind of authority does God have? He's in control of not just your livelihood, but of your eternity. So how do we relate to this God? Not very well. God is righteous. We are not. Brothers and sisters, get this straight with me. Righteousness is being right, is being correct, is doing exactly the right thing at every opportunity and never doing the wrong thing. That's God. He is always right. He's always correct. He's never wrong. He never sins. That's not us. We don't have righteousness in ourselves. Because we're talking about being perfect, being good, being righteous. Not just, not just doing and, and being what we can justify not just doing the things that we have an explanation for, but doing what is objectively correct every single time. In every instance, every second of every day, doing what glorifies God's name the most and most shows love to the people around me. That's righteousness. 
And I haven't done that. And neither have you. Isaiah admits what is true for all of us, that even the best of the best that we have to offer, that we have to bring to the table on our own, amounts to nothing more than filthy rags, not even fit to wipe your counters with. So why shouldn't God just take a step back? Let go of his relationship with us. Cause us, let us sink deeper and deeper into our sin until we find ourselves in hell itself. He would be in the right. He is God. He can do whatever he wants. So why doesn't he punish us for our sins? Well, it's not because of the way we relate to him. It's not the way we measure up to him. It's the way he chooses to relate to us. Isaiah said it twice in our reading for this evening, and I hope you caught it. I'll read the last verse again. He says, Yet you, God, you Lord, are our Father. We're the clay. You're the potter. We are all the work of your hand. My brother or my sister watching or listening, if you take one thing away from this message, I hope that it's this. Your most important relationship in the universe is also your best relationship. The way that you relate to God is the most important thing to any of us. And God has made that relationship good again. Far from our earning it or deserving it, far from anything we could bring to the table, God was the one who chose to love, to save, to call himself our Father. Yes, it's true that God can act in whatever way he wants. He can do what he wishes, when he wishes. And what he wishes to do is to love you, to forgive you. And the way that God showed that was not by tearing open the heavens and stepping down into our reality as a warrior, as a superhero, but as a human baby. Stepping into our reality by becoming one of us. Something you and I would never have expected, never have predicted. That's how God did it. How he showed his love for us. He intervened. On our behalf. His greatest demonstration of love and might and mercy was not by trembling the mountains or, or melting them. It wasn't with a thunderclap, it was with the cries of a newborn baby on the first Christmas Eve. And when that baby had grown up, with the screams of a 33 year old man as he was nailed to the cross, because that man is the Son of God, sent to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, who will come again to bring us into glory. God, our most important relationship, he has made it right through his Son, Jesus Christ, by forgiving us. Do you want safety in a relationship? about the safety of knowing that there is not a sin that Jesus hasn't forgiven. 
That God knew everything, all of our mess, all of our unrighteousness, and he sent his own son to forgive us of all of it. You want trust in a relationship? How about the trust of knowing that God is not going to bring up those sins again and condemn you for it when he's already promised that he won't? That when Jesus does come back, he is going to hold you up as innocent in his court. That all your uncleanliness, all of your unrighteousness has been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb forever. And that's your guarantee. Do you want love? How about the love and the affirmation of God calling us into his family? Affirming us, not as what we were, that is sinners, but as what he has made us through his grace. His children. Now that's love. An unconditional love from the most important person in the world, God himself, who chooses to call himself your father, who chooses to relate to you and call you his child. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is the king. We are his subjects. He is the father. We are his children. Just think of it. God, for all the power and authority and might and wisdom and majesty that he has, loves you. Your most important relationship is your best relationship. Amen.